0: We love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just you know, that's just what we like. So if you wanna play that game, we can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines, like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so we're not going it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here. And I'm just gonna say what I feel and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they gonna do. And we appreciate like, you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. You know what we look for. That's man. what you saw after you saw Ain't her. no running in the yeah. L man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're gonna let everybody know we here. We're gonna play hard, trying to get a win. We don't like it all oh well. Hey, you might as well bring this, so you're gonna cry what the baby's gonna do. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court, cause them guys do a lot of bluffing, so you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Grizz Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the No Bluffin' Podcast. And I'm your host, one of your hosts, Chris Ingram, back uh, for another week of of Grizz Talk. And this one is a a lot easier to talk about because we got some good things pop off this week. But before we get started, I want to definitely introduce our co-host, Luke. And Nicole, how y'all doing? How y'all feeling?
1: I'm good. Happy to be here. Happy to come off a Grizz win
0: last night. No, that's always a good thing
2: same here i'm feeling pretty good feeling pretty good this afternoon
0: yeah you can't you can't never be coming off a win it's kind of hard to come here and talk sometimes we come off losses even if they close one so uh got a lot of things to get to uh, a lot of different things popped off this week uh got some good news great news actually last week with with ja being made of vibranium and being back missing only one game after ankle injury so um uh, Not quite the actual prediction that I think uh, either one of us made, actually. So, just kind of before we get started, I think when we ended the last podcast, we between um, our special guest, Daniel, me, and Luke, I think I predicted one and three. Daniel, he was on the fence about calling two and two. So, he was close, but I think he ended up changing it. And then, Luke, you were saying what, three one or all four? I I, I was three and one. I was one
1: garbage ending to a Kings game away from being right.
0: This close it's close. Is close. close. <laughs> a job free throw close. Mm. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they ended up going uh, last week. They ended up going two and two. Uh, so like you said, we was really close to being three and one. Um, I, also, I mean, almost probably could have did four, no, honestly. But um, got some good news that we want to get into here in a second. Um, so actually, you know, before I ain't going to hold y'all too long because we got a lot to talk about. So, Nicole, we're going to pass you for the news. Let's go.
2: All right, so topping us off for the news, Luka Doncic is finally getting him some help. The Mavericks are basically waiting on a physical so they can sign Kimba Walker to get Luka some help over there. So uh, I like it. I mean, Luka's been carrying that team on his back for the past few years, so I think this is going to be good for Luka. How do y'all feel about that?
1: I I feel – I'm like you, Nicole. I feel good about it because they just – I've always been a Kimba fan. Like I, I like Kimba. I, I I felt bad his career has not gone the way that I would have liked for him because he's always seemed just like a solid dude and the, the guy can hoop too. I, I just I I hope it's what works for Dallas, man. They've they've been I feel like they're just throwing a lot of shit at the wall and see him at sticks. And I hope this is it.
0: I hope this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my thing with Luka, it's almost like his style makes him have to be like that? Because I don't know, like, if you put him next to a, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a name, Jason Tatum, or just a top, you know, other guard slash forward in the league, I just don't know if you get the same production out of him. Like, you see Jaws able to defer to a Desmond band and these other guys, so I hate to, you know, compare them to that, but they always get pitted against each other. But, like you said, Kimber, man, I hope he can, you know, resurrect his career, even if it's like D. Rose did a little bit. Like, D. Rose ain't the old D. Rose, but He's a formidable, you know, NBA player. So, you know, prayers up for him. Hopefully he can get it together.
2: Yep, I agree. So next up, Pat Bev. Pat Bev, Pat Bev, Pat Bev. He is finishing his third and final game suspension from when he decided to basically cheap shot uh, DeAndre Ayton. On November the 24th, uh, they played the Pacers tonight, the Lakers do, and this is his final game of a suspension. I just feel like that was a messed up move. Like, you have no balls lowballing somebody from the back and basically making him go face first into the court. I just didn't like that move. I felt like that was just, it was sneaky, it was disgusting, and it just showed the bad side to Pat Bev.
0: Ain't that Pat Bev? <laughs> I ain't but, seen but that is actually
2: a decent human when he's not on the court when he's on the court it's like the little villain like the little monster comes out and he doesn't know how to act like yep. space Jam.
1: <laughs> and if Aiden had just been looking even a couple inches if he could have just seen him out of his periphery I, I wouldn't have I would not have felt as strongly about it but the fact that Aiden mm-hmm. wasn't even looking at him and he just he just trucked him. and what, he did, uh, what did Austin it. Reeves do to everybody is that who he was over Austin Reeves or was it Lonnie Walker I um, was, that really.
2: I am not sure. I just know yeah, that. Yeah, it was video, and it was that. That was an extreme cheap shot. That was dirty. Yeah,
0: yeah. all I said, He know who to pick. Ain't nobody scared of Aiden. Ain't nobody scared of Chris Paul. But, no, but
2: be- I really do hope Aiden is okay though. That was that was messed up, man. That was that was nasty, Pat. But we got uh, some unfortunate news from Charlotte. Gordon Hayward is out indefinitely due to a left shoulder fracture. Um, t- he has to have surgery. Um, they're saying it's a fracture in his elbow. It's kind of like a, a lacerated or lacerated shoulder. I'm sorry, not elbow. Um, he has a laceration in his shoulder, and that's just that's so unfortunate. Um, Gordon Hayward's been in the been in the league 13 years. The dude can ball. We know he can ball. And it's just unfortunate that Charlotte's losing one of their veterans for a better part of their season when they're just picking up at that.
0: Yeah, he just can't stay healthy. I was on the train of, you know, the money worked and the, and the deal was right. I wouldn't mind having him, you know, in Memphis as a veteran presence. But, I mean, this just goes to show I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger because he literally just can't stay healthy. Chandler Parsons 2.0. He could have
1: helped a lot of teams too. Like, I, I, was, I, I was ready for Charlotte to just – start a fire sale and see where all those guys went. And and I just – he's like the definition of if they could stay healthy, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And he just can't. Sucks. Sucks for the guy.
2: (laughs) Yes, it Mm. does. But uh, our last two pieces here is going to be some Grizzlies news. Uh, Drew Hill, the Grizzlies beat writer, posted two pictures yesterday when – the Grizzlies were warming up for the Knicks game, and Desmond Bain was dressed out in his warm-up clothes, and he was practicing. He for was with real? his trainers. He was taking shots. Um, this is going to be his week to be reevaluated, this week or next week. So Desmond Bain is on his way back, fellas. How do we feel?
1: With bigger arms. Did you – his arms, dude. His – his arms are huge. What, like, what I is going no, on? I have no complaints. <laughs> <There's> no complaints.
0: <laughs> Y'all can't see mine. You know, if you're listening on the podcast right now, you can't see, but I'm doing the Dave Chappelle-Rick James meme right now. Bring them on back. Come on. We ready for you. We ready. No,
2: we love Desmond, but I do feel like this team has held it down. Without him, between Santee and Conchar, they have absolutely held it down. Then you got rookie uh, Jake Larry Laravia out there. Just <laughs> Jake looks phenomenal, and Roddy has held his own too. So we've really held it down without Desmond. So it'll be good to have him back.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about it in a second. But if you add him to what we got going on right now, oh my god! That's all and say. then
2: the the uh, topping to the cake here last night, our very own uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant. Became the fourth NBA player to put up a triple double in Madison Square Garden.
0: That man, he he he's some serious man. It's it ain't really too many other words you can say, but
1: he's it's breathtaking, like he, man. Like what he was doing last yeah. night was just—I just kept looking at my phone too. I was like, how many is he away from the triple double? How many? And mm-hmm. it just—it's it, beautiful. Last night was beautiful from Josh. It was—it was, it was just—it was like a basketball masterclass to watch. It was awesome.
2: Yep. Um, and yep. if we're being specific here, it was 27 points, 14 assists, and 10 rebounds. And you notice ever since uh, Mr. Chunky Chuck Barkley called him out for being, uh, <laughs> you know, a selfish <laughs> basketball player, he's had at least 10 assists every, ever since Chunky mm. Chuck has said that.
0: I mm. think I'm going to take that nickname. I like that one, Nicole. call. <laughs> like that too. <laughs> Chunky Chuck. Well, that's that'll do it for the news, man. It is, you know, uh, we that's actually one of our topics uh that we're gonna talk about uh before we get to job, ja, because we gotta talk about job, ja. but we got to talk about this guy too. Block Panther, Jaron, Jermaine, Jerome, G Anthony. I don't even know what his middle name is. Unicorn Jackson, trip. Just, there you go. There you go. Let's just fit it all in. Um, he's back. He he's back. We talked about it last week. He was back last week, obviously, too. But um just the his performance, his his production, just all around game, he's back. You know, after being out a whole offseason due to you know that foot injury, probably didn't get a whole bunch of time to really, you know, practice on things that he wanted to. And I know that's been a big thing for him over the last few off seasons outside of the one before that when he was able to, you know, get a full offseason, but it's almost like all he did was sit there and watch film. And it is, we reaping the benefits right now. So I'll save, you know, my thoughts, but I want to just pass it to, to to you first, Nicole, with having Jaren back um and taking it to another level. You know what I'm saying? Like we haven't seen him be this aggressive, you know, consistently ever, you know, I know his first, his first – it was his rookie season, and, and Verno, he brought it up on his podcast. I, I've said it before that, like, his rookie year, Jaron was down low way more than he's been pretty much his whole career here in Memphis. And for whatever reason, that second, third year, he just stayed out in a perimeter. But Verno brought up on his show last week how he attributed that to um, J.B. Biggerstaff, the coach that, at the time that we had. Uh, and he's doing pretty much the same thing up there in Cleveland with those big guys. So uh, just how we feel about him taking this game to another, uh, another level – um, what are y'all seeing different in him, um, and just what's what's his ceiling right now? What do we, what do we think is just the the, maxim, the 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 top level for him this season, the apex of Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: So I just want to throw this out there before I give my opinion on Triple J. In his last four games, he's averaged 22 points per game, 2.8 blocks per game. He's shooting 52% from the field and 41% from the three beyond the arc. Jaron Jackson Jr. is nowhere near his ceiling. I'm going to be honest here. He's not. He's just now figuring out how to use that big body in the paint. He's Mm -hmm. just now mastering his three. He's learning how to control his, his attitude and his mental aspect, which was a thing that he struggled with last season because if he didn't get the call, he would go to the ref and he would start yelling and flailing his hands, and he doesn't Throw his do whole that. whole game anymore. off. Yes, he doesn't do that anymore. He's learned how to channel those emotions and turn it into a plus for his whole team and not just him. So Jaren is nowhere near his ceiling. If anything, he's just now becoming well-rounded, and that is scary. That is extremely scary. So mm-hmm. when you put Jaren on the floor with, say, Zaire, Ja, Bain, and Steven Adams – that is scary because Steven Adams is tapping into his offensive side too and his defensive side more. This team is really becoming well-rounded, but I am so proud of Jaron for finally seeing the what we saw. You know, like mm-hmm. we saw the potential. Now he right. knows he has that. He just had to channel it. So I'm proud of Jaron. Having him back is making a huge impact on mm-hmm. both ends of the ball. So – I'm extremely proud of Jaron. I love having him back. It's it's like watching him on the floor is like magic, kind of like it is with Ja, but he's just like a seven-foot magician. Like <laughs> He's so easy on his feet. He just glides across the court. And then he literally comes out of nowhere and just starts blocking balls and all types of stuff, just like swatting stuff down. Mm-hmm. So Jaron is a blessing. That's all I got to say. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going to echo that, like just that – that just that I just want to slow it down that slow motion of him coming out of nowhere and just blocking that ball every time I see it I just I I imagine he's get that shit out of here every every time is what I hear in my head and what I've been loving and I think what is I'm ready to see more of is they closed the game last night out with him playing the five and he's big enough now and bullying everyone out there enough now like he's I don't think teams have an answer for him when he's playing the five like they and it lets it makes everyone else that's out there with him play the best version of themselves like the the defense that Brandon Clark was playing last night at the end of the game with Tripp playing the five was incredible like it's just his leap and like Nicole said he's not even made the biggest leap yet I don't think has allowed other players to unlock the best version of themselves and I think that's what I've loved seeing it's because it's easy for him to be putting these numbers up and nobody else be benefiting from it. But everyone that's on the court with him right now is benefiting when he's playing like this. And it's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's really insane. I, I made a joke. Like it's almost like his dad. Cause I don't get like people see tweets and yeah, like, you know, they may see it and it may, you know, you know, project a thought in their head or something, but, I think while they was watching film one night, him and his dad, Jaron Jackson Senior just probably cussed him out and was like, bro, you you the biggest dude on the floor, probably 95% of the time. Like, use your size. Like, God gave you your size, and your size probably got you or helped you get to the NBA, obviously. But like, now it's time to use their size to dominate. And you know, the, the highlight of the of the week is for me, it was just when he when we played the Thunder and he just dunked on top of I think it was uh Kenrick Williams head like we haven't seen jaren go catch bodies like that like he'll catch you know he'll he'll catch you he'll like sneak he'll do a sneaky little dunk you know uh just nothing crazy like that but when he he's consistently every game now taking it to the rim almost like ja it's like you look at ja he's six three we'll say six three and he's jumping up on the tallest people every single night now jaren like well, well damn i'm one of the tallest people on the court if I was on the other team, he'd probably be slamming on me. So let me go on top of somebody else's head. So he's doing that every single night, attempting it, and that's my thing. When you you know impose your will like that, that gets into the other team's head a lot of the time, and they are gonna start moving out of the way if you do it enough. You know, just like Zion does. So I'm just proud that he's tapping into that because when you you know start off dominating like that. The other thing is they're going to him, you know, first play of the game or early on in the game. So that's getting him in the rhythm, getting his confidence up, getting him pepped up. And then you turn around and when he's roaming out on the perimeter, now he's knocking down that three. Like Nicole said at a 40 percent clip, hopefully that can stay, you know, in in that area, you know, around the season. Because last year it kind of fell off. But he was shooting so many. I think it was like maybe what, eight or nine a game he was letting fly. You Know so if you're not hitting them, all right, you gotta find something else out. If we turn that- it
2: that, Chris, it's the threes that he's hitting for me. He's hitting mm-hmm. pull-up threes and off-movement threes. These threes have not been stationary. Last That's night true. he hit a pull-up three off of a two-dribble, and I was like, Oh, that was beautiful. That yeah. was the most prettiest thing I think I've ever seen him do. Like his form is stunning, he knows mm-hmm. how to control the power of the ball. He is going to be a three-point machine, and I honestly think we have Desmond Bain to blame because he was in the gym with Ja and Jaron this offseason. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. When you put him back with with Jaron, like, I don't know the specifics. So, you know, if y'all listening and y'all are are big basketball playbook heads, I'm sorry, but when I think of the triangle offense, I don't know if that's exactly how it would look, but I think of a three-player – offense between him, Ja, and Bane, like, Ja can get to the rim at any point off a of pick and roll. Jaren can pick and pop, or you can post him back up off the slip screen, and then you got Desmond Roman on the outside at any point, ready to spread in your eye. Or, he's taking you off the dribble, like, what do you do with that? And like you said, Nicole, my thing, we'll get to him in a little bit, but Dylan Brooks, if he can play great defense and hit the, just stay, just, just space the floor in the corner somewhere to be open to knock down that three, or Zaire knock down that three or be a live threat coming from the backside. You can't guard that offense. You can't. Jaron unlocks his team. Like we give Ja a lot of credit, and he's the steam engine that rolls everything. Don't get me wrong. He's the one that sets the you know, sets the table for everything. But when you got him and you got to guard Desmond on all three levels now, and you got to guard Jaron, I ain't gonna say all three, because he don't really have a mid-range game. That was only my only thing. Like if he Got off the ground shooting the ball, he could probably have some type of mid-range game, but it just don't fit. He got to let it fly, or he got to take you down low. But I mean, how are you gonna stop that? And you got a lob threat coming from somewhere else. And Stephen Adams is coming at the top of the key, you know, dishing out dimes left and right. Like you just, I don't understand. Like as long as I bench get it right and some type of consistency, and they starting to get there, I'm loving to see the rookies knocking down the three. Man, it's one more piece that I want this team, which is just a a coming flat out scorer. But this team is going to be dangerous in the playoffs. That's all I can say. Like, if you know, top three, top four seed, great. If something was to happen, knocking on every piece of wood I can find to where you know we slow road uh, with some injuries or just some timeout and we end up being a six seven seed, I'm telling y'all right now, it's going to be the worst six seven seed of y'all life, whoever we decide to play in the playoffs. So, uh, I'm going to shut up on Jaren. I'm sorry. But that man, him getting to the point that what we've been begging him to get, like, it's just, I don't see how you can be a greasy fan, and, you know, and been watching him do this. And finally he shifts to the way that he's, I feel like God made him to play basketball. Like you had no choice, but to be excited. So anything else y'all got on that?
2: Clay Thompson should have never called Jaren a bum. Mm, That's what fueled the yeah. fire. He called him all these other profanities and Jaren didn't care. In the moment mm. you came in and said "F Memphis Jaron Jackson Jr. That bum," oh, mm. he heard that.
0: I ain't think about that. that is, That's a good point.
2: And Jaron himself said that during media day. He said, "I remember being called a bum during the playoffs last season, and that really pissed me off."
1: Man, Same I mentioned. can't wait to play. I can't wait to play them.
2: Christmas Day, babes.
0: Oh I can't God. wait. <laughs> Did they? They I already release the times edition. They release the times for that? Like, we prime time, right? Check that. Hold on. Let me
2: see. Okay. yeah. I got the Grizzlies app, y'all. I keep there up you. with all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 8 o'clock. Sunday oh, it's night. Yes. 8 o'clock. That's
0: prime yes. time. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to be full of something. I don't know. We'll see we'll end up and something. But, man, <laughs> that's going to But I will be a have
2: that game. Bob Morant City edition jersey on.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to have my hoodie on. <laughs> I ain't get the jersey, but I did get the hoodie. So, I'm going to have that on. I can't wait. Well, that, that moves us into – I know we talked a little bit about him just here a second ago, but, Ja, again, being that steam engine that, that, that makes this team go, um, I was a little worried. You know, I, I said on the podcast last week when he's going to expect to be out week to week. We don't really have a timetable. I'm thinking at least a week. And I tweeted in our group chat that, you know, I'm expecting to see him in three weeks because we don't want to rush him back for what? I mean, our schedule wasn't really crazy this week, so – the only team I really was worried about in a trap game was the Kings, but I didn't think we was going to beat on the Pelicans like that. So I'm like, all right, just let him rest and get back. That dude missed one game. Like, he went up to Brooklyn and and got pissed off, I guess. Saw Kyrie out there, and, and which Kyrie didn't even have a great game. But I guess that made him mad. And that vibranium body just ended up healing itself. And he back out there. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's going to take him a few games to get going on that ankle. He was right back to it. right back to it, immediately, like Bernie Maker say. Like, it was crazy. So, uh, you know, with him returning to MVP form like that, and again, we still don't have the full team. Desmond, as Nicole said earlier, like, we should have him back hopefully soon if he's getting shots up. Um, Like, just returning to MVP form like that after uh, ankle injury, like, what do y'all see um, in the near future for Ja? And again, we know that he's going to be an all-star. That's a given. But, like, let's just talk about, you know, for a, a real quick second, the MVP possibilities because I know that they're going to have the, the top names up there, probably La like Tatum, probably a Luka and stuff like that. But comparing him to those and the way he's playing, getting everybody involved and winning, what, I mean, how close are we to finally getting an MVP in Memphis?
2: Um, I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm going to do one better. He's not going to be an MVP this year. He's going to be a champion. He's going to have a ring on his finger. And we're going to bring home a trophy to the FedEx Uh. Forum. You heard it here first. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Because I say this because at the end of the day, I watch Ja multiple times a week. I watch this team multiple times a week. This team has been without their starting five since game one. Their official starting five since game one. And we are still 12 and eight. We have had opponents that are worthy. We've had some that are unworthy. And granted, we did lose stupid games. It's going to happen. We're going to lose stupid games. We're third seed in the West right now. We're two games behind the Suns. So the Jazz are already slipping off. The Warriors (laughs) are not built like they used to. Neither are the Lakers. We are really the only team in the West with consistency because if you look at it, the Wolves, they don't have it either. And the Suns. The Suns always choking in the playoffs. Let's be honest, always. So there's nothing stopping us but ourselves. That's why I say John Morant will not be the MVP. He will be the champion.
1: Can't argue with that. I mean, it's hard to argue too when he's pulling. I mean, what game was it where it's like time running out? It's a half court shot. He just just throws it up and mm-hmm. like effortlessly, and it just goes that half
2: court buzzer beater. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Like he's adding that to his game. Like, how how the hell are we supposed to argue with with? I, like, I just it's like no. Nah, if he plays like this, and is clearly, I, I mean, I, we 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 talked about him missing two holidays. Like we we were we were talking about him maybe being out till Christmas. Dude misses one game, comes back and gets thirty four points, twenty three points, twenty seven points. Like, I if he keeps doing this, it. She's right. She's right. But last year's
2: job, like last year's job, when he was injured, he would not put a knee brace on for nothing. This year's job was injured one game, and he has on an ankle brace and high top sneakers. You can't tell me his mindset is not different just from that.
0: I can't remember who pointed that out, but it was somebody after Ja came back from the ankle injury in one day, and it was like Steph Curry is the perfect person to watch. He had bad ankles, probably still got bad ankles to this day, but because of the braces and he probably got some tape up under there too. We never see him out really for ankle injuries. And so, you know, I know they was like, well, it may tamper his his athleticism a little bit, but you talk about. It has about, not.
2: It like, has not.
0: He's not. a top <laughs> three probably athlete in the whole world. I mean, obviously we don't know everybody. There's some people that just, you know, not in, in NBA or NFL, but like top I would put one. him he's up. Not
2: three. He's, not, he's not two.
0: <laughs> I'll put him up there, you know, so. I mean, you you get him some consistency on just the ankles and stuff like that. That may even help his, his handles a little bit because then he's stopping even on more of a dime than he does already. Like, it can get crazy with y'all. I don't and we know only if in you year four.
2: noticed it last night, but there was a play where he was up in the air and he kind of got pushed down by a Knicks player. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Brunson. When he fell Watt. on his back? Yes.
0: That was he a camera. He, he,
2: he has learned how to fall and position yeah. his body not to hurt yeah. himself. And that is growth from the jaw that we've seen the past two or three seasons until now. That is growth because he just used to fall however. Now he knows how to fall. He knows if I fall on my backside, it's a back injury. I can just Mm -hmm. get some pain medicine, heat and pad, just like Desmond did, and -hmm. keep it moving until we can get it healed. But if it's an ankle, if it's a knee, a shoulder, a wrist, you Mm -hmm. can't do anything. I'm extremely proud of him for learning how to maneuver his body and manage it well.
0: Yep. shout out Mo Wells. That's, and such, and a the good, that's such a good. That's such a good out. Like, yeah. like because
1: I, I mean, when that when Cam Reddish rolled under him, I, I, I gasped. I was like, oh, because it. Every I, that's time the John hits
2: the floor, I gasp every time. Yep.
1: <laughs> but they slowed that fall down, and you're absolutely right. It's like, oh my god, he is falling, so he is not going to hurt himself, and it, it's it's awesome.
2: As an athlete of his stature, you have to, because look at Derrick Rose and Allen Iverson. Those are his perfect two comparisons right there. They didn't know how to fall very early in their career, and they got injured. Like, they ended up getting hurt a lot. And that's unfortunate because they were God-given talents. Like, that's just natural talent when you look at Derrick Rose and Allen Iverson. And you look at John Morant the same way. But the difference with those two is, like, John Morant is more athletic than those two. And he's learning how to configure his body – don't look, at, don't look like Oh, I
0: wouldn't say he's more athletic <laughs> than D Rose now. We gotta um, slow down.
2: Eric D Rose, was Rose. D Rose and know. AI said it. They both oh, said that no. John Morant is just a more athletic version of them at their age. At I appreciate that age. the flowers. At that age. <laughs> but <laughs> D Rose. <laughs> you Ro- the messenger.
0: You're right. You you're right. You're messenger. right. Look, I said, I appreciate the flowers. I'm just thinking, like, going back to what we were talking about the braces and stuff. Like, D Rose had on ankle braces and knee braces, and he was. Man, that's just so sad. To me, that's probably the saddest outside of Brandon Roy. That's the saddest basketball like story to me, even though he's still playing. like,
2: But last night, been, like... ja, ja and D. Rose, they had a conversation after the game last night. And mm. Eric Rose told Ja and the reporter, like, this right here is like a mini me. He's like a younger yeah. me. When I look at Ja, I see myself at yeah. that age of 23, 24. So yeah. – For him, and Allen Iverson even said the same thing, like John Moran is just a more athletic me at that age. Mm -hmm. That is insane. Like, when you look at that, when you look at the two dudes who are saying this, are you kidding me?
0: Top top tier. A.I.
2: and Derrick Rose.
0: And all he – I think the last part of his game, and he's getting there. I mean, three-point shot is almost – I mean, he's almost 40% consistently. If he can keep that mid-range, just keep that mid-range jumper that he knocked down, I want to say, three or four times last night. It if was he four. I counted. Four. Those floaters. Okay. floaters. Well, I'm talking about those pull-ups.
2: He if had he, four of those and, like, three floaters. They were beautiful.
0: Yeah. you. I mean, if he can incorporate that, because they always back it up already. Every time he starts off in one of those corners, he calls for the pick he runs up, and he does that, like, act like I'm going to fake the ball into the other hand, and he doesn't. They always go for it for whatever reason, and now the center or whoever's at because the rim, they backing know up. he can
2: do that. They right. know he can handle the ball in yep. whatever hand it's in, and that is scary.
0: Yeah, they shake it in their boots. So then you got the person at the rim, they backing up because they want to contest it. And most times, Jock got probably about three to four feet of space before he get to there. Stop it on the diamond, just popping it like that from mid-range. Pick your poison dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is getting really crazy.
2: And he ain't yeah. even reached his ceiling. He's been in the league mm-hmm. three years. Yep. Three years going on this year. He was drafted in 19 when we got Taylor Jenkins. Like, oh, God almighty. Are he we ain't even started
0: <laughs> a new contract yet. Like, yeah.
2: And he is already worth every penny of that $232 million. I'll every- give it him
0: more. If you, yeah, it's gonna get to a point as long as he again knock on wood. I know we, I hate the key even saying, I'm not even gonna say that it can get possible I will say it for
2: you. He himself said that he doesn't want to play anywhere but Memphis, he wants to start here and retire here. He loves Memphis. He yep. said it himself in an interview with uh KJ and Jessica over from uh Grand City Media, and he told Jessica and KJ that he. He loves how the city and the team and the coach really just, like, embrace him for who he Mm -hmm. is. And they don't try to have him change anything about himself. And he loves the fact that he is building something with his teammates. Like, this is not something that they bought. They're building this from the ground up. Yep. So, Ja doesn't want to play anywhere else. Ja wants to retire as a Memphis Grizzly.
0: Man, he got a chance really to – You know, LeBron James, he was a generational talent, obviously, and we'll probably never see something like him ever again. I get it. And he's been like that since high school. Jha's story, you know, everybody knows the story. He wasn't recruited like that. But the way he came into the NBA, if we just talking about from rookie year to whenever he's done, Jha got a, you know, he got a chance to, one, become the face of the NBA, but then two it gets to a point that where them $250 million contracts, I mean, it ain't even, it don't matter. Cause he's a billionaire of the court from all the endorsements. And he ain't even got started on that yet. Like Hulu and all that stuff. Like I'm glad he got those endorsements and those deals. Cause Memphis never had a player get those even those type of deals, but he's got a shoe coming next offseason. season. And it's going to go crazy from the shoe deal. He's going to be everything that Kyrie, unfortunately could not have done because of the stuff off the court. And, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be the biggest
1: shoe release Nike's had in since the Jordans. Man, I think I'd be willing to bet great. on it. Yeah,
0: so, so do you want the
2: backstory about how Ja was actually recruited to Murray State? Because like I yeah. know, this. I know this story. Uh, it's a short story. It's not very long. So Ja was playing um, AAU basketball, and he wasn't chosen for first team. He was chosen for second team. Well, second team had to go to the second gym in the back uh, of the rec center where they were
0: they like, you to and, go back there and just do whatever. We don't even care who Yeah, just literally.
2: So, Murray State's recruiter actually went back there to get food. And he wanted a bag of chips. And this mm-hmm. is what Ja says. Like, Ja's career started because of a bag of chips. It literally did. It was a bag of Lay's. Yeah. And his, the recruiter from Murray State just wanted some chips. He went back there to the vending machine. He peeps his head through the door of the gym, and he sees Ja. He just sees Ja in there working by himself. He's dunking. Yep. You know, he's doing – He's doing what he does, and boom, Oofa. John Morant gets his one offer from Murray State, and the rest is history.
0: Yep, it's awesome. It's gonna be, it's gonna be insane, man. But like what you were saying, look with the, the the big release. As long as it look good, which I mean, Ja he a drippy guy. You know, he know how to dress. He know what the. He got his ear to the streets when it come to fashion. I'll just say that He's not yeah. gonna put out no shoe that's just ugly. So, you right. I mean, LeBron's are they up and down. They so big and clunky. You can't really wear them too much with clothes. <laughs> they're, I
1: Man, they're they're like I, I saw them. I saw them. Where was I? I? I was out with my family and I went to the Nike store and I just I was looking at those. I just don't
0: like them. They're just not. Yep. I don't. I just don't like them. <laughs> they bricks. Have you have you ever owned a pair? One of y'all? No. 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 no.
2: No, they they're too it. they're too clunky for me. Yeah, um, they hit I it. prefer like the shattered backboards, the classic retro ones, stuff like that. Just something yeah. clean and sleek. But yeah. if Jaws putting it out, I'm buying it. I don't give a damn what it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, he's been playing a lot before the ankle injury. He was playing in the uh, Kyrie because I, I read somewhere like, for whatever reason, the tech that's in those type of shoes, the low dollar shoes, they want him to get used to how they feel. Because his shoe's gonna be affordable. It's not gonna be a 200 dollars plus shoe. It's gonna probably be like the Kyries were anywhere from $115, $140, $150, uh, which is still, you know, kind of expensive in some people's eyes, but you know, with inflation, and everything, that's what it's gonna be, you know, for the time being anyway. Um, so that's why a lot of times he's wearing those, those Kyries this year. Uh, up into that injury, but, I mean, they may even give him a high-top option at this point because, you, you know, know with anger injuries.
2: True, Chris, that just shows that he's trying to put back into his community because he's putting out something that's affordable that he knows hey mm-hmm. people in Memphis can afford this. Yep. You know, they're going to rock me just like I, I represent for them. They're going to represent me. I feel you like know. that's what that is.
0: Oh, that Nike factory finna go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> people be trying to get into the Nike factory, get them half-offs. Oh, boy, they finna have jobs all right in that city. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna transition to our last topic because um I mean we got to talk about it, right? Elephant in the room always is always getting Grizz Twitter going and you know, we always going back and forth again. We all love the team, so everybody's critique or opinion is welcome, it's respected. Nobody's right or wrong until we right or wrong, you know. But uh we got to talk about it because it's been a topic of conversation this last week, which is Dylan Brooks. Um Y'all know how I, how I feel about him. If you haven't before, I won't go into too deep right now. But you know, he this last week, we're going on week by week, and Luke is showing his Dylan jersey. <laughs> he ain't showed me enough for me to, to fulfill my bet yet. I ain't buying one yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to get a full body of work. But the last um the last week or so, I mean, he for the most part, he's buying in from what a lot of us that critique his game will say he needs to. It's still those pull up before somebody gets under the rim threes that kind of irk my soul. Or sometimes where he runs up and it's just not my thing with Dylan is smart shots. It's not how many times you shoot. If Dylan Brooks takes 25 shots a game and they all are smart shots, I shut up. I be quiet. I ain't got nothing to say. It's the stuff that's just let me throw up and wish on a prayer. What's that? What's that song? Mm, 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 uh, Dreaming. A prayer, wish on the prayer. I'm sorry, my bad, y'all. I know I just butchered it. Live, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's living on... on a prayer,
2: Bon Jovi.
0: Wow, I just killed it. I, I oh my yeah, god, you did. that's the, name yeah, of the you show. Did. That's officially the name of the show. Jesus Christ. um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's how he shoot the basketball. It's living on a prayer a lot of times, and so that's my critique. But in the last week, he has been, he's passing the ball as he should. I don't want to give him a cookie for something he should do, but I will in this instance. I've been begging for it for six years. Uh, He's passing the ball, playing decent defense. I'm still not going to call him a defensive stopper, and I'll get into why in a second. But um, I want to ask y'all this, because we have seen this before as Grizzly fans. Two, three years ago, when Dylan was up for a contract extension, in the middle of the season, they said, okay, we're not going to renew you. We're not going to give you extension at the beginning of the season. We're going to see how you play. And I think it was... Before the deadline, right in January, February, next thing you know, Dylan's got a deal because for those two months up before the extension period, he played perfect basketball. He was who we needed and they paid him gladly. And I promise you immediately the game right after he went right back to same old Dylan. And I was so mad because you couldn't, you couldn't null and void the contract. It was nothing we could do. We were stuck with him for another two, three years after the season. So um I asked y'all this is contract Dylan for real, this time? Or is this just something that's going to fade? Or are we going to be talking about something totally different next week? Is, I mean, is it going to even last up until extension time?
2: I will throw this out there. Uh, I think he's for real this time. And I say this because I see the change in, in Taylor Jenkins. I see him being more strict with his players. I see him trying to work things out for everyone's benefit, and that is including Dylan's. Now, when Joe was out for that Nets game, Dylan did what he had to do to lead this team, him and Tyus Jones. But it was mainly Dylan Brooks. It was the Dylan Brooks show. So I feel like he's really fallen into his role this time. And maybe he's just fooling the hell out of me. But I feel like he's truly fallen into his role. Uh, Last night, he did get a little emotional there at the end when he fouled out. But that foul was bull. That foul was BS.
0: He had a couple last night that was BS. I give him that.
2: Yes. yes. And that that was just ridiculous. Like, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just, like uh, – y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I can't he even – He stepped on his words. foot. That's not a I'm foul. I'm so mad. Like, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> Jalen Brunson literally put his hand on his hip and shoved him. Like, what is he supposed to do? Is he not Swapping supposed to stand ass. there and just be defensive? <laughs> like, he's trying to do his job. But yeah. – I feel like he's fallen into that role where he knows he doesn't have to play hero ball until it comes down to it like it did in the Nets game. Like he knows when we need him to step up and be that one man. And then he knows when we need him to be the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth man. So I see the difference and the difference starts at the top with Taylor Jenkins. I feel like Taylor Jenkins has been more strict on dealing and that's what needed to be done. But I think that he's – I think he's fallen into his role, so.
1: Yeah. I, the thing that I have really – it's really kind of switched me. It's moved the needle for me is his assist the past I, – I, I guess the past week. The past five games he's had.
2: Agreed. Going back to the, o-
1: yeah, the OKC game, he had six assists, four assists, five assists, four assists, four assists. That's – consistency and that that's that's a, a decent sample size for me
0: that's and and
1: i don't know if the, if like that game if jaw got hurt coach had a come to jesus moment like i've i've noticed a lot of coaching i've really liked what jenkins has been doing the past four or five games i don't know if he's been listening to the discourse but i've really liked <laughs> what what he's been doing too but yeah if dylan can keep past and like I, it's going to be hard for me to not extend him when he is leading the team, like Nicole was saying, when he's leading the team in these moments, when he's not playing hero, he he's just being the, he's being the Dylan Brooks, the team needs. It, mm-hmm. it just, just in terms of like they say, he's the spirit animal of this team. And, and, and it's, I believe that, you know, like you, you see the guys the rally around them in those moments. And, and, and it's tough. When you see the guys react to him like that, it's it's tough to not want to extend him. I would like to know what the what the contract would be. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he's coming off making 11 and a half million, almost 11 and a half million a season. I, I don't know what an extension would look like um, right. and for how long. But if he if he keeps doing this, man, I, I, I would I like Dylan. I would love I want I would love to see him with this group of guys closing out series
0: and winning championships.
1: I really, really would like to see it
0: yeah so we're gonna do some comparisons here in just a second on regards to like contracts on the team and stuff like that, and even around the league a little bit uh, but to touch on a few things, you know for one let me let me let me just get this out of my system real quick, and then we'll go forward. The whole idea and the the same narrative that the reason why we should not give up Dylan Brooks is that he's our defensive stopper. if you look around the n b a it's not really any defensive stoppers in the n b a you got some guys that they give a lot of effort or they're just smart. They got a knack for the ball. I'm going to throw out a few names, Mikhail Bridges, Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart. That's on the, on the perimeter, guarding people. You know, their best, best players every game. Jalen Brown's a pretty good two-way player as well. Um, but Dylan Brooks is not really a defensive stopper. He denies the ball. And he does give effort. But I think to the casual NBA fan or the Grizzlies fan, I would say, they would say that he's a stopper because of those two things. He's denying the ball and he's giving effort. Well, that doesn't really technically say that he's a stopper because a stopper means I'm shutting you down. Uh, people were saying he shut down Zion and he's the only person that's done that the whole year. Zion's played the Warriors twice and he's scored less than 15 points and they don't have a stopper on that team. Please tell me who they have. Some Sometimes people just have off games. And then we go look at last night, Jalen Brunson, He's barely six foot. I don't even think he's six foot. And let's just be honest. If we're going to be honest on on one side, we got to be honest on the other side. Jalen Brunson was cooking Dylan Brooks. So, and then you look at, you know, last year, everybody's whole thing with Ja and, you know, being out was, well, we had a 20 and -and so-and-so record without Ja Morant. Well, we also had a 34 and 16 record without Dylan Brooks last year. He missed 50 games last year. We were the second team in the NBA. So if we're going to use sample sizes for different things. we got to keep it equal on every level. And I say that to say, if you got Desmond Bain taking another step like he has this year, offensively and defensively, I do agree that having another player play more aggressive defense, I should say, on the team's best player allows him to be a much better offensive player. But I do think that Zaire, only being in his second year and ain't even played a game in his second year, can tap into those two principles that Dylan brings to the floor, which is effort and denying the ball. I mean, he's a taller player, he's more athletic. If he does those two things, I think what Dylan brings as far as that aspect we get. Now, the spirit animal that's a whole different, that's a different ball game. You know, I understand that what he brings on that aspect, but I agree with you. Taylor Jenkins finally being fed up with the BS with the team and players and calling these immediate timeouts. That's impressive. That's impressive because he's he's got now the attention of if y'all go out there and blow this after I just told y'all this. You can, the next thing is, the next step to that is him now yanking them out of the game. Once I see that, that's Papa Bish Papa, <laughs> I did not say his name right. Papa Bish Jr. I'm about to bleep that. Sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, I mean, once he starts doing that, I think that takes our team to another level because, I mean, I think the hierarchy is already set. I still think Dylan thinks he should be number two um, to job. But when he starts doing that as a coach, I mean, it's kind of it really sets the, the 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 place of everybody, okay, this is how we're going to run this thing. If you don't want to come in collectively and buy into what our one goal is, which is Nicole's point, winning the championship, you're going to sit down. And so, um, yeah, man, that's I'm, I'm iffy on both sides. But let's talk about contracts. Let's talk about contracts. So you brought up a good point, Luke. What are you paying them? Well, you got to compare some things because so number one, it is a CBA that's gonna be new pretty soon. So I know that's gonna be going up. The team should have a little bit more money, but you already committed 250 million, well, close to 250 million, um, to Ja. You already committed 25 million a year to Jaren. You're probably gonna pay Desmond Bay more than you're paying Jaren. Let's just be honest. You're you probably pay to pay Max. You got a heat. So what's that one ninety three? I think coming off well. That's right now. That's what it was before the new CBA. So that's gonna equal out to. I mean, it'll I go mean, up. It'll it'll, go, it'll up. go
1: up to two million, right? I mean, or two hundred million. I think it's one ninety three, one ninety six, or something
0: right now. Yep. So on a what's that five years? You breaking that down? That's I mean, that's over thirty million. You got to think at some point we're giving Tyus fifteen for two. We just gave BC his deal. Um, GD is the bargain out of all of them. Steven Adams is going much. to be making 18 million, or no, he's going to be making almost 13 million next year. Yeah, it yeah. dropped a little bit. So, that sweet spot, I would think, and y'all you know, y'all tell me what y'all think. The sweet spot for me, if you don't, people were saying 20 million. I just don't think you can pay him that. Because if, if Jaren's making 25, the impact is not a $5 million difference. Let's just be honest. So, the, I mean, I'm going to say 16. What
1: y'all think? I could do 16, 20 million is too much. I mean, and, and we've, they've done a good job with trips contract, making it to where like, he's making less money as it, as it goes on, you know, like I think it drops. I'm not sure exactly how much, but it decreases every single year. I think he's making more now than he will the rest of the contract. So that gives us some wiggle room. We got like 28 million to spare. I just think if you got guys like Santi, Zaire, and Desmond that you're going to have to pay. I would just rather, I want to pay Dylan, but I, there's other guys that I think need the money more that, that, that we need to allocate those funds more, because it's like you said, you can coach effort and you can coach, you know, you can coach both things that Dylan are good at. Mm-hmm. Um, the spirit animal thing is like you were saying, you can't coach that. That's it's. It and makes maybe. the situation so strange because I don't know if there's ever been a team where like, a team that has a player like this where it is such a, like, it, you know, it, it splits Grizzlies fandom, like right down the middle there. Like it, it, he's, yep. he's just such a, he's such an enigma of, of a player for, for Grizzlies fans. And I don't know yep. any other franchise that has a guy like him, but. I,
0: I bet Draymond. When, when I saw that
1: he was manager. only making none, none, man. And it, when I saw that he was only making 11 and a half million, I was like, man, that seems a little low. Like, like I would pay him more than that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know what he wants. You know, if he's willing to 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 play for seventeen million, you know, sixteen million, let's keep him here because if if it's a if it's a sixteen million dollar policy for a guy that is going to rally the troops in a seven game series, worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. worth every penny.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And 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 I think having a guy who was on those Gasol Connolly Allen teams too, even if it was for just a season, I think there's something to keeping that guy around. That bridge. You know, just even if it's just a season, you know, trip played two for for his rookie year, but like Dylan was on those squads that were losing, and I think that that's, I think keep I think keeping that intact is important for this next you know Grizz next gen that we got going right now.
2: They give him. Oh my bad, y'all. I say give him probably a Tyus Jones type contract and see what we can work from there. But my my little iffiness with that is that Tyus Jones knows his role. He knows mm-hmm. he knows his role on this team. He knows when to step up. You know, Jaw's out, so now I got to be point guard one. Now I got to be ball handler. Now I got to lead the team. I got to feed this. I got to do that. He mm-hmm. has no issues knowing and understanding his role because he's paid very well, best backup point guard in the league, and nobody can tell me different. But my issue with that is, say Dylan, okay, Tyus is at fifteen million two years. Say Dylan mm-hmm. gets a, a, a sixteen. For two or three years. Is he going to abide by that role like Tyus is, or is he gonna keep doing this same shit? Excuse yeah. my French. That is my <laughs> that is my concern yeah. with Dylan. Like, are you gonna do what you're supposed to do and fall into place? Or are you gonna become complacent and go back to the same Dylan? That's that's my concern.
0: And so he's a starter, so like. I feel like he's a prideful guy. I'll say that. I think he's a prideful guy. I think he's an egotistical guy. And when you got the irrational confidence that he has, you can't tell me any different. It's Not that it's a bad thing. It's when just. When you
2: look at, when you look at starters like Steven Adams, who's making 17.9 a year. Right. Steven Adams earned every penny. But Steven right. Adams don't have the, the same cockiness or attitude that Dylan does. Either he doesn't have this, it's my way or the highway. It's more of a, I do what I need to do for the other four on, on the court. Yeah. Like I take care of my four on the court. I'm the big man. I'm the bodyguard. I take care of them.
0: Yep. And
2: Dylan just isn't like that. If he was, he would probably get paid like that. He would get mm-hmm. paid like a Jaron or a Steven Adams or a Desmond Bain, because they did just exercise his third year contract for $3.85 million. And he will be getting paid before 2024. That is a fact. The Grizzlies have already said this. So maybe if you fell into your role a little bit better and you lost your egotistical, misogynistic attitude towards certain (laughs) things, you might get paid. I'm just saying. I love Dylan. Y'all know I love Dylan. I love everything that he does for this team, but he has to have a realization that he doesn't have to play hero ball anymore. He's not the one right now. Ja is the one. Ja is your leader and yep. you, you have to understand when to step into that role when it's needed or when to play the fifth or the sixth man like everybody else.
0: Right. I mean it's just if gonna he can, be hard. If he's to... Okay with you go ahead, Chris. You go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's gonna be hard to pay your starting five over a hundred hundred and ten million dollars. What else do you do with the resident?
2: Now the grizzlies uh they cannot go over let me see. Was it 123 mil or was it 158? Hold on. Um, their total taxable salaries cannot exceed 156 million nine hundred eighty-three dollars at any point during the season. That is reasonable for what we have on the court for our starting, for our starting five. Oh, yeah. So yeah. But
0: that's that's still tax money. I mean, you're still over the tax with that, you know. So yeah. I understand. What's his name? Uh, our owner, Para. I know he said that, that no number is too high, but you got to still be real at some point, like. That's the max out of the tax. If you get that, you better be making sure that you are a Golden State Warriors-like team that's a back-to-back championship contender. If you ain't, that just don't even make basketball or business sense, I say. I ain't going to say basketball.
2: But, see, I'm one of the few who trust this front office. I think they know what they're doing with the money. They know what they're doing with the salaries. And they know what they're doing with the draft. So, if they feel like, I hate to say this, we don't need Dylan, we can trade him or let him walk and have someone like a Zaire or a Santi or even a Conchar come in and fill his, his role because we've mm-hmm. already seen that happen this year with Conchar and Santi. They've stepped up in multiple ways. And then we haven't even seen Zaire yet because the poor baby's dealing with his knee injury. So <laughs> it's like you have three dudes who are willing and hungry and waiting to take your spot. So what are you going to do?
0: Mm-hmm. If he's happy yeah, but-
2: with a
1: two-year contract, I'm, I think that's cool. If he wants four years, I let him walk. You know, because he's he's twenty-six. <laughs> you know, if he, he'd be thirty, he'd be thirty in four years. Like you, you sign him for two. He'll be twenty-eight. We get him for two years on this window. Zaire will be coming in for his extension to kick in after that. And then, if Dylan plays well for two years, he can go pursue another contract. Still have a couple years left on his prime. You know, if he can take it like a two-year. Like she said, Tyce Jones comp. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. Like a two-year, sixteen million a year contract. You know, if he wants two two years, forty million, get out of town. You know, yeah. t- two years, thirty-five million. You know, like two years, thirty-five. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah,
1: but if, my he, only- if he's going to
0: insist on a four-year deal, no, sir. So my two things with that is, it's two things. So number one. The two-year deal, like, so – and I think that – I ain't going to say it come back to bite us, but I think we may have to go a different direction even with that because with Tyus, right. We got him for two years. More than likely at that point, he can go pursue something else. If nothing else is out there that makes sense, we may bring him back in the fold um, if it's not a starting point guard or more money out there for him. I know the whole initial thing was we want to have him at least a mentor or be the placeholder for Kennedy Chandler. That's to be seen. I mean, we, we don't even know if that's going to work out. Let's just be honest. So we may He'll be, be actually, making a lot of money. He'd be making some good money before he got picked. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But you may be having to let Ty's walk, trade him, and bring in somebody else at that point. So that my only thing with the two-year deals is the same thing with Dylan. If you got somebody that's ready to fill his shoes right now, why not just go ahead and just move on from that money, you know, period? Because if you got Ty's making 15 on the bench, conchar bargain we're gonna i'm gonna always hit that we're gonna talk, talk about him really quick before we get out of here uh but conchar was it six million or was it nine million uh, uh, let me see. i got it right here
2: He's four.
1: making
2: i think he's
1: four to? yep four years nine million
2: yep he's roughly making like 2.3 a year
0: like 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 come on now like that's a bargain so i mean you gotta have bargains on your team if you're gonna win a championship you got tiger getting 15. Jiddy's getting up a a, a a hell of a deal right now. Zaire is our uh, backup three, I guess you could say, and he's on a, still a rookie. Con- <clears throat> Sorry, y'all, still on a rookie contract. BC just got paid, and we're gonna say Santi's our start. I mean, our backup five. He's probably gonna get extended too at some point. That money, I just feel like that you giving Dylan if it's twenty or more, which is insane to me. I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna really be hurt if we give him that. It just don't make sense because we got other holes on the team. I feel like you can get, you can be given that 15 mil to a super sub, that 15 to 17, maybe even 18 mil to a super sub, and we, we talk about Jordan Clarkson. I'm, I'm I'm talking about player types. Maybe not even him that's available, but a guy that can come in and we know your one job is to score and you do it efficiently. Efficiently is the key word. A Colin Sexton that's doing it on a bad Utah team that people didn't think he would come do in Memphis, but he's doing it on a Utah team that's gonna suck. It looks like now they decided to pull the trigger. Um it's guys out there we can pay this money to to make sure that our team is good it, we can't always depend on Desmond Vane to come in with the bench at the end of the first and the beginning of the second and when he's hurt we don't have anybody like we just you got a plan for the future I feel like a little bit better than that um, and so to just, to just go ahead and, and put those funds off to somebody else That that's my whole thing uh, but I know people love Dylan and, and you know I don't love him I don't hate him I just wish he would do better than he is but they're going to have a real decision to make, and I'm with you, Nicole. Um, I may disagree with certain things the front office does, but at the end of the day, they haven't been making us falling off a cliff yet. So I reserve judgment you know, until the end of the season at least to see what happens. But, yeah, man, Dylan, he took up a lot of our time. But it, he does that because, like you said, Luke, it's the <laughs> first I can't think of. Nobody else in the NBA that a fan base is more split on than him. You can't. And and mm-hmm. I think part of that is because again, shout out to he brings up good points a lot of time, at least to me, because I believe the same stuff that he believes. He brought up a stat last week that out of all the players in the NBA that have taken the, he, Dylan has taken the most shots with the worst percentage, like the, the, the it was a true shooting percentage. He had the like the worst true shooting percentage, in the whole NBA was second. And the person that was first was a rookie, Jabbar Smith. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad like you can't it's nothing that you can tell me outside of how you feel about him though we're looking at numbers and facts take out your feelings about it that's not good so you know that's that's the thing like i know we're gonna get hit on twitter for but it's okay i love that so (laughs) (laughs) but um we shall see man we shall see the dylan brooks conundrum we'll see so um Luke I'm gonna pass it to you. I know we got the, the player of the we, week. Who, who we got? Well we, we were talking about him earlier man, but
1: I just love the magic conch. I love Jiddy man. The dude the dude is almost a walking double double anytime he gets the start at this point. You know, I I just love him he, the 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 aggressiveness he crashes the boards with like like a ta- he just crashes the glass man. Like yep it's like he puts his body in a cannon and just launches himself and he'll <laughs> it just his he comes down with it and just holds it and then we'll just dish it out and it, it's just he i think it was pete pete the other night on pete Pranic on one of the broadcasts called him mr do something 2.0 because yeah. like he's been doing he had for the week he had 16 points 10 points 9 points 10 points that's with seven assists, two assists, two assists, nine rebounds, nine rebounds, six rebounds, eight rebounds. He's got blocks and steals in there too. The dude is just like- What was uh, his three point
0: percentage? He's a great hoop. What'd you say? What was his three point percentage
1: for the week? Three point percentage for the week. So he, he's, he made, he shot the ball a lot the first two games. He was two for seven and two for six to start the week out. Mm-hmm. But he was sixty percent and fifty percent the the back half of the week.
0: What did we just two, say? He was two, making two, three and one. Like <laughs> to make what he's making, bro? You take that.
1: I mean, especially when he's coming off the bench. Like, I oh god, I can't. I just want our guy. I can't wait for our team to be healthy. I can't wait because if he's doing, our, our our bench is gonna just. Good luck, man. Once these guys are healthy, <laughs> and you get. You get BC, you get Z,
0: you get Jitty, you get Ties, and you get Santi. Like, good good luck. Good luck. Yeah. It's been a lot of, you know, in grid spaces. And make sure y'all check out the grid spaces on Twitter after the games, um, as well as the uh, grease 901 podcast post game on YouTube as well. Um, but that's always a split thing. For whatever reason, when people bring up Jiddy, you got people on both sides. Kind of like dealing a little bit. But I'm going to always have Jiddy back because for the money that he's yep. making, he ain't the problem. No. He's being put into a position that he did not ask for, but at least he's getting us by. And for that, I, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Jiddy. When you can extend him for – what was his
1: extension? His extension just that we just got him to was three years, $18 million? Yeah, three years, $18 million. He's still going to be only making $6 million at like – Rookies come in making more than that, and the dude exactly. just—he con- does nothing but contribute, nothing mm-hmm. but contribute. And I—I I don't know how people can be out on him. I, I love Jitty, love him.
0: Everybody's not gonna be a starter on your bench. <laughs> just that's why they on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want from him? Shout out to Jitty, and I, I tell this story all the time to people outside of this podcast too. Like, I'ma always have respect for him for what he does on the court. But that time that I sat that rookie year in the in the in the crowd and Jitty was just chilling. He didn't. I mean, that was different for me, man. Like I look at the rookies we got now; they on the bench every single game, two way or not. He was a two way player, and he was just up there, like just. I don't know if he caused that on his own. Like I just want to look at the game from a different perspective or what. But I mean, uh, uh, definitely, you you know, know. huh? He may have got. Oh, he got. (laughs) He's so silly, I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, I, thought, I thought I wouldn't pose a on the bench. My bad. I thought I was a two-way. I thought I bought a ticket. He, what if he bought a ticket, bro? He's like, wait, these are free for me? <laughs> he was sitting behind me. Like, bro, What? what is... Shout out to Jimmy, man. Shout Should out to Jimmy. <laughs> who else we got? I know we got Super Saiyan of the Week. Who we got for
1: that? Oh, man, like it's almost not fair. I mean, it's Ja. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like I'm being a little bit of a homer because I'm giving it to somebody on our team. But when when he hurts his ankle and his answer is "I'm a cyborg," I don't think I'm human. I feel like yeah. I just have to give it to him because that's yeah. absurd. I, I the dude actually has a hyperbolic time chamber. He has to. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I just. I. I would have bet. All, what little money I have, I would have bet it all that he would have at least missed two games. Gun to my head, i have been like two, two games. He's out. Dude missed one and came back in the best form we've seen him all season, maybe? I mean, like, it's, it, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. He, he made it hard this week to give it to anybody but him. And I like when he does that for me. <laughs> yeah, like, he he's just, that. It's, great, it's great when I can give it to a guy who, who plays on Beale Street.
0: I love it. And even with those performances, like, if he hit those free throws, not just in that one game, his free throws period, if he is them at a 85 to 80% clip, the numbers even look even more crazy. That's going to, I think that's going to put him over the MVP hub, honestly. I mean, if he averaging, what is was it, 20, he's averaging 28.5 right now we like we talking about just making two more free throws per game, and you had thirty a game, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, gonna he's be almost averaging eight assists, dude. Right? Like, I mean, what is he at yep. assists so far? Yep, yep. And then true shooting percentage is fifty-seven percent. Yeah. If we win, I mean, what you what you gonna say? What you gonna say now? Shout the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, man, that, that'll do it for us. Uh, we appreciate y'all. A little bit longer episode for us than normal, but, you know, we had some things we really need to get off our chest today. We had to talk about these because, I mean, for one, we haven't had our whole group together. We all been dealing with different things. Um, I was about to say off the court, we are not playing. Uh, but outside <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, and so uh, we are back whole. We are back together. Um, miss each other a little bit and uh, just had to kind of talk about, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of developments, man. So Uh, I know, Nicole, you had a a dope piece coming out about Desmond a few weeks ago. Uh, You got anything coming up soon?
2: I'm going to try to work on something probably within the next few days. Um, I'm not sure about what I want to write. Kind of going through writer's block right now. (laughs) It happens. But um, I'm going to try to have something coming out probably by the end of this week, if not early next week.
0: Okay. Well, y'all make sure y'all follow her on Twitter at Nicole on Bill. Luke, I know you had a few uh, few articles, plus you had some uh, weekly wrap-ups. You got anything coming up soon, or you want to recap anything? I'm actually working
1: on something about Coach Jenkins, just kind of looking at his, his journey from the Spurs to Atlanta to Milwaukee and here, and just looking at how he is just the I, – I, I love him. Love him like maybe may my favorite coach we've had. I just I like I like what he's about. I like his, I just like his schemes. I li- I just I'm very excited for this. I'm a very I don't know when it's gonna come out. They gave me a couple weeks on it, but I'm working on that right now.
0: Cool, 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 cool. I should have some coming out. I've been a little slow this 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 year um, or this season, I should say. But I should have some out soon. I keep y'all posted, keep y'all updated on that. Uh, but as always, we appreciate, appreciate y'all. Uh, taking this long ride with us um any feedback any opinions that you got make sure you add us on twitter at the no bluffing podcast make sure you give luke a follow at luke to know and give me a follow at crib c-h-r-i-m-a-n i know it's weird but if you know you know so uh see <laughs> you next week oh predictions my bad y'all we can't get out of here without predictions y'all. oh we got three games this week three games so not a whole bunch going on um But let's see, We this week, we got the Timberwolves on Wednesday, we got the 76ers on Friday, and then on Sunday we got the Pistons. Um, Pretty much both of the two games are on the road against the Timberwolves and the Pistons, and then we got the Sixers who are not healthy at home on Friday. So what's y'all predictions? What do we do?
2: Three dubs in a row.
0: I agree. I I think we get Dez back on Friday against the Sixers, and I think we'll get three dubs in a row. Poor Milton. We finna shoot they lights out. (laughs) Jake. We finna shoot they lights out. And I can't wait to beat up on the Timberwolves. That's always fun. First game we get to see Ja in a regular season going against Jaden Ivey. Little bro. So that's going to be exciting. I'm going to go 3-0-2. Jaden
2: Ivey ain't finna be spared. Oh, I'm no, sorry.
0: He can uh, get, get these hands, feet, and toes too, like everybody else.
2: Because, like John says, if we're going against each other and it's me versus you, I'm going to choose me every time.
0: Every time.
2: The infamous er time. words of Alan Iverson I'm going to choose er. me every time.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all tapping in and staying locked in with us. We will catch y'all next week. Until then, y'all be safe out there. And as always, go, Grizz.